This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on day 50 of the 60-day legislative session. The governor signs House Bill 1. Ron DeSantis calls it the anti-riot bill. It is the strongest anti-rioting pro-law enforcement piece of legislation in the country. Democrats call it the anti-protest bill and an assault on the First Amendment. Silence in speech and blocking the vote is what communist regimes do. HB1 should have never been signed. Nobody wants or was asking for these bills. They're purely to appease the Republican base at the expense of everyone else. The Senate Budget Committee passes a bill to crack down on social media platforms that censor hate speech, so much for Republicans being the champions of business and small government. This probably violates the Commerce Clause. It probably violates the Supremacy Clause. And it absolutely violates the First Amendment. I can't believe that we would vote yes on this bill. I can't believe we would. As a small government conservative body, this is the exact opposite of the things that we stand for. The State Affairs Committee in the House passes an election reform bill loved by Republicans, despised by Democrats. Our voters are demanding integrity in our elections process, and I want to thank the bill sponsor for bringing this bill forward. This is not about election integrity. It's about making sure that ballots cast by eligible voters don't count because they didn't jump through the myriad hoops that this bill creates. The sponsor of the bill that would limit THC content in smokable medical marijuana says his bill appears to be dead, but strange things have been known to happen on the final day of the legislative session. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man who was beaten by bystanders at a carnival, for good reason. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB 48. Paid for by Americans Prosperity, Florida. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, April 20th. Today is 420. If you don't know what that means, just ask any teenager you happen to see. It's also National Cheddar Fries Day and National Pineapple Upside Down Cake Day, which frankly are perfect on 420. On this date in 1918, the Red Baron, Manfred von Richthofen, scored his 80th kill, which would be his last. He was shot down and died the next day. In 1979, President Jimmy Carter was attacked by a swamp rabbit that swam up to his small fishing boat in Georgia. And on this date in 1994, Danny Rawling was sentenced to death in Florida for killing five students in Gainesville. Florida's Department of Health reported 4,237 new cases of COVID-19 and 33 additional fatalities Monday. Our death toll has reached 35,142. If you're looking for trends, the number of deaths, infections, and hospitalizations all increased over the past week when compared to the week before. The latest report from the White House shows Florida is one of the national leaders in the number of new cases. We have 6.5% of the population, but we had 9% of the new cases last week. Well, that didn't take long. Three days after getting his hands on the bill, Governor Ron DeSantis signs HB1, the anti-mob bill he proposed in response to last year's Black Lives Matter protests over the killing of George Floyd. It creates a new crime called mob intimidation, enhances riot-related penalties, and makes it harder for cities to reduce spending on law enforcement. It is the strongest 
anti-rioting, pro-law enforcement piece of legislation in the country. It tackles head-on this idea that we've seen last summer and then we still see today uh, that there should be a movement to defund law enforcement. Now, obviously, the state of Florida, we're not going to do that under, under my leadership, but if a local government were to do that, uh, that would be catastrophic and have terrible consequences uh, for their citizens. And so this bill actually prevents against local governments defunding law enforcement. We'll be able to stop it at the state level. And if you look at some of these places that have done this, they've already seen crime go up, even just diverting some of the funding uh, to this. And so it's an insane theory. Uh, it's not going to be allowed to ever carry the day in the state of Florida. And this tool, this bill gives us the tools to make sure that that doesn't happen. It also holds local governments accountable if they fail. If we saw last summer, some of the local governments are actually telling, not necessarily in Florida, but throughout the country, basically telling these folks to stand down, telling police to stand down while cities burnt, while businesses were burnt, while people were being harmed. Uh, that's a dereliction of duty. And so what our bill says is that if you're derelict in your duty as a local government, if you tell law enforcement to stand down, then you're responsible for the damage that ensues. And if someone's been harmed or their property has been destroyed, then they can sue you for compensation. We also have penalties for uh, people that commandeer highways, which we have saw in other parts of the country. Just think about it. You're driving home from work, and all of a sudden you have people out there shutting down a highway, and we worked hard to make sure that didn't happen in Florida they start to do that, there needs to be swift penalties, and that's something that just cannot happen. We also saw around the country people toppling monuments of people like George Washington. Uh, this bill protects all monuments in Florida. You have no right to go in and take down monuments. We're not going to let the mob win the day with that. bill also includes liability for mob intimidation. And then finally, and probably maybe most importantly, if you riot, if you loot, if you harm others, particularly if you harm a law enforcement officer during one of these violent assemblies, you're going to jail. So I think this bill shows the state of Florida takes public safety very seriously. The governor signed the bill in Winter Haven, surrounded by a bevy of uniformed deputies, and he promised them the state would have their backs. But Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who is expected to run against DeSantis next year, says House Bill 1 is the sort of thing you usually find in a communist dictatorship. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a game. This isn't a joke. People's rights are at stake. Republicans love to talk about the Constitution, but they're shredding it with bills like House Bill 1. Silence in speech and blocking the vote is what communist regimes do. HB1 should have never been signed. Nobody wants or was asking for these bills. They're purely to appease the Republican base at the expense of everyone else. We have black and brown Floridians who lifted their voices last summer and a governor whose only response was to deploy the National Guard. As a past public defender who saw criminal justice system up close and personal, unfortunately, laws are not applied equally 
um, and have and when law enforcement has complete discretion, as you saw on, on the insurrection at the Capitol, um, you see how laws can be applied um, differently uh, depending on your background and depending on the color of your skin. And, and that is my greatest fear here is that people are trying to um, talk about inequality in our country. And instead of going to the heart of the issues, we try to suppress their, their voice. Uh, we had an opportunity here to talk about systemic racism in our country, and instead, their knee-jerk reaction from the Republicans is to file House Bill 1. State Representative Fentrice Driscoll of Tampa says HB1 is red meat for the GOP base that is guaranteed to end up in court because it violates your constitutional rights to free speech and public assembly. You know, this language is very, it's very, very fuzzy. And in fact, from committee stop, committee stop to committee stop, we would sometimes get different answers from the bill sponsor. When we would ask questions about mob intimidation and what does that mean in aggravated riot? What does that mean if you have people who are uh, protesting peacefully and then you have maybe some, uh, you know, people start engaging in wrongdoing at the same event, at the same protest, you know, how are our law enforcement officers supposed to handle that? Because the language in HB1, frankly, leaves, uh, leaves it quite open to interpretation. And so that aspect of the bill is problematic. But here is what you see. You, we have this bill that really is not designed to make our communities safer. There is nothing in HB1 uh, that is criminalized now that, frankly, there, that there weren't laws on the books already that could handle that behavior. If there was violence at a protest, our law enforcement officers knew exactly what to do because there are laws on the books already that would allow them to enforce that. If there was damage to, to property or to memorial, they weren't waiting around for the legislature to enact HB1 so that they wouldn't know what to do. They, they knew how to spring into, act, into action. And so what we have is uh, this bill now that's been signed into law that is just further complicating things for Floridians. It's infringing upon their constitutional rights. It's making it confusing for law enforcement officers in the sense that so much of it is open to interpretation, and I think will have to be litigated in the courts. The bill took effect as soon as it was signed, so HB1 is now law in the Sunshine State. The ACLU of Florida says it criminalizes peaceful protest and that each and every provision harkens back to Jim Crow. State Senator Chevron Jones says the governor and the legislature just declared war on the First Amendment. The Budget Committee in the Florida Senate passes a bill to crack down on social media and prevent them from banning political candidates from posting disinformation or hate speech on their platforms. Republican Senator Jeff Brandis of St. Petersburg says this is one of the least Republican things they've ever done. And if somebody came into my business establishment and they said, we're going to fight a civil war on January 20 with four militias now and acquire targets, or if they said, shoot the police that protect these S senators right in the head, and make this, the senators grovel a bit for capping their A, I would ban them from my facilities. And nobody would say anything about that. In fact, if somebody said that standing in front of the podium that we have here, I guarantee you we would not allow them to speak in the future. Guarantee it. And it's not unreasonable to think that businesses should be able to require some decorum in their specific businesses as well. This is a big government bill. Senate, I believe, is currently full of small government Republicans, people who don't believe that the government should be involved in the day-to-day -day running of public businesses, small government Republicans who believe that we should allow private businesses to conduct their business without our government intervention. This probably violates the Commerce Clause. It probably violates the Supremacy Clause, and it absolutely violates the First Amendment. I can't believe that we would vote yes on this bill. I can't believe we would.
as a small government conservative body, this is the exact opposite of the things that we stand for. Supporters of the bill say the social media giants have a monopoly, but Senator Jason Pizzo of Miami-Dade says there are dozens of these companies and everyone is free to start their own, including Donald Trump. Apple, Microsoft, Facebook. Folks, these are companies, these are now what are called monopolies. They're, they're really just a bunch of hardworking kids in a garage. So I assure you, the billionaires who have concerns about these things can start their own. If there's a market for it, it'll take off. It'll expand. It'll get bigger. But again, these are, these are companies that were started out of garages and basements and dorm rooms. This is, there's not a huge barrier to entry. This isn't, there's some great wall. So make your own. Make it huge. Whatever you want to do. Senator Gary Farmer of Fort Lauderdale says the bill is nothing more than socialism and will never survive a court challenge. This is, uh, to me, so clearly unconstitutional to force uh, a business um, to deviate from its own free market principles, uh, a business that's providing free access to the users. Uh, it's one thing if you were paying for the right to say whatever you wanted to say, you're getting free access to this platform. Um, this is not a compelling state interest. Not It does not come close to the level of state interest, which would allow for this type of restriction on free speech. And it, it really is ironic that, that free market advocates would now want this type of, of legislation, this type of mandate to a business, thou must allow this. Uh, uh, it is a step towards uh, state-owned or controlled media or speech, which, uh, second irony uh, of the day, um, is a socialistic concept. But the sponsor of SB 7072, Senator Ray Rodriguez of Lee County, claims the social media companies really are a virtual monopoly. And he says Republicans have a proud history of trust busting. The bill doesn't mandate that Twitter or Facebook publish anything. What the bill mandates is before they can take down that which has been posted, they have to have communicated what will get you censored. And then they have to follow through after they censor you and tell you why you got censored. That's what the bill does. And that's, I think, important for all of the citizens in Florida to ensure that we're being treated equally. The other thing I've heard in debate is that this isn't a Republican bill, that we're free market proponents. I am a free market proponent. I always have been. But the simple fact is a monopoly is not a free market. Now, you may disagree that they're monopolies, but the truth is they're acting as monopolies. And so what I say to you is that trust busting started with Republicans. And so I stand here as a proud Republican, standing for the citizens of Florida against the big monopolies and ensure that we are treating everyone equally and fairly. States can't bust up national monopolies. That's outside our preach, it's outside our purview. But we can regulate them. The social media bill passed the budget committee, but it was close, the vote was 10 to nine. The State Affairs Committee in the House passes the GOP election reform bill. Republicans on the committee were all in, including, in this order, Jason Fisher, Linda Cheney, Rick Roth, and Cindy Steverson. Our voters are demanding integrity in our elections process, and I want to thank the bill sponsor for bringing this bill forward. This bill is the one bill that I've got the most emails from asking me to support this bill. I'm up on the bill. Our citizens are very concerned in Florida. We saw a lot of illegal voting. Um, in this past election, this is the most important bill, in my opinion, of this session. Voter fraud 
does include ballot harvesting. And I appreciate the changes that are made in this bill to prevent that. And I am deeply saddened to hear anybody would imply that we would pass laws that we all have to abide by. They cut both ways. And the, the integrity of the election is very important. Um, I am very happy to be supporting this bill. There, there will be no perfect election, but we have seen destruction of ballots by fire and different things as well in drop boxes. We have to make sure that those ballots are secure. But all the Democrats oppose the election bill, including Omari Hardy, Robin Bartleman, Dottie Henson, and Carlos Guillermo Smith. This is not about election integrity. It's about making sure that ballots cast by eligible voters don't count because they didn't jump through the myriad hoops that this bill creates in order for them to cast such a ballot. This is the legislative engineering of the electorate to shave off, in particular, people of color. This bill sets up deliberate barriers not just for people of color, but for all voters, Republicans, Democrats, independents. Everything you're, you have in this bill is going to impact all of them equally. And I just want to say this is going to have huge unintended consequences, and the amendment we passed today is going to create chaos. So just remember that although this may be pointed at one party or one group, which I kind of feel it is, it impacts everyone, and all of us are going to be uh, penalized because of this law. This bill limits voter access, imposes extreme obstacles to the voter in registration, identification requirements, and casting a ballot. In addition to that, there are unfunded mandates that need budgeting, and we're in the budgeting process. Let's do it now so they have the money to do what this bill is going to require. This bill is totally unnecessary. It's not about election integrity, because if it was, we would have adopted my amendment to push back and finally crack down on sham candidates who actually did commit election fraud in the last election. It's an attack on our voting rights. The final vote was 16 to 8, but the sponsor, Representative Blazingolia, says he will keep working on it and may be open to amendments when it reaches the House floor. A controversial bill to limit the potency of medical marijuana appears to be dead, but it's not over until the final bell. Representative Spencer Roach of Lee County wants to limit the smokable form of medical cannabis to no more than 10% THC because, well, frankly, he thinks people are gaming the system for recreational use. His bill is trapped in committee, and he says it appears to be a lost cause this year. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed agrees that the bill is stuck, but she says these things have a way of showing up during the chaos at the end of the legislative session. We all opposed it. This was something that was going to detrimentally hurt our patients here in the state of Florida. Uh, so thank God for all of the activists uh, that came up to Tallahassee, that signed the petitions. Uh, that's what democracy looks like, uh, is when we get together, we hear from the people and legislation that would have hurt them have been stopped. Um, but unfortunately, as you just said, until the, the white hanky drops, uh, session is never over. And so everybody continues to stay vigilant uh, through the last couple of weeks of session. The THC cap is stuck in the House Health and Human Services Committee. That panel met Monday but did not take up the bill. Your calendar of events and Daily Dose of Florida Man are next on the Sunrise Podcast. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Welcome back to the Sunrise Calendar. The Miami-Dade College Board of Trustees meets at 8. The Statewide Drug Policy Advisory Council meets online at 
The Senate Rules Committee meets at 8.30 to take up several high-profile bills. Subjects include new limits on voting by mail, revamping alimony laws, eliminating local regulation of vacation rental properties, and banning transgender students from the girls' teams. This will be an all-day meeting. The Florida Virtual School Board of Trustees meets online at 9. The trustees at St. Petersburg College meet at 9. The Florida Atlantic University trustees meet at 10. The House has a floor session scheduled at 10 and will take up dozens of issues, including a massive expansion to private school vouchers, term limits on school board members, and an overhaul of alimony laws. This is also an all-day meeting. The new College of Florida trustees meet online at 2.30, and Congressman Charlie Crist will join State Senator Annette Tadeo and Representative Anna Eskimani at 6 for an online rally to support expanded eligibility for Medicaid. Finally today, a Florida man running the Ferris wheel at a flea market is facing criminal charges after getting into a fight with a rider. A woman and her two kids were getting off the ride at the Opelaka Hialeah Flea Market Carnival Saturday when the operator began arguing with her and shoved the woman, knocking one of her toddlers to the platform. They both began throwing punches and then several bystanders jumped the gate and defended the woman by attacking the carny. Opelaka police plan to file charges as soon as they find the Florida man. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.